Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, <laughs> movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston Bowen, as always, with my delightful co-host, Batman. Matt, what the people do? Like, subscribe, tell a friend, and check out our... You know, I should really think of these beforehand and, like, write down which ones I do, because I never know which one I even said last week. Yeah. Uh, check out our Twitter. You ranted a bit on Twitter. Yeah, I did. I did. I, uh... What did I say? Something about how the Endgame trailer was stupid. Yeah, the fucking Endgame trailer. Let's talk about that in news. All right. Uh, yeah. I also, like, at Rob Liefeld quite a bit. Yep. I'm, like, just goading the... I'm poking the bear. I'm seeing what happens. <laughs> I'm going to respond to at least so much vindication. <laughs> a lot of it's, like, me kind of coming to terms with the fact that I actually respect the dude less and less, like, me just... Like, I did one recently about how... I don't like him personally, but I respect him because he can sell comics. Because mm-hmm. uh, Superman... A Superman comic, he he did the cover, and people are losing their minds. They're like, why would you have Robert Liefeld do, uh, do the cover? And he like re- replied to one of the people and was like, because they want to sell comics. Yeah. It's like, what a good response, because all of his covers got sold out. Mm-hmm. Like he can sell fucking books, dude. He he yeah. That's that's an important part of the the whole business yeah. model there. So uh, yeah, do that. Yep. Uh, Matt, what you been up to? Uh, well, after, uh, last week when I was being really good about watching a movie a day to get ready for the best movies of 2010 episode, which I think is next week. Oh, fuck. Looking ahead for that. Oh, fuck. Um. A lot of movies to watch. Yeah. I. Spring break, though. It's true. Oh, yes, I could do it. Yes. I watched exactly one movie this week. Because (laughs) I'm terrible. Uh, that movie was The Man from Nowhere, which is a Korean action movie, um, about a... A guy with a mysterious past who lives a simple lifestyle running a pawn shop. Um, and then there's this little girl whose uh, single mom is a nightclub dancer and drug addict who gets in too deep with some of the bad guys. And so um, the girl gets kidnapped and this guy had some sort of gruff father figure attachment type deal with her. Sort of a X-23 and Logan in Logan type of deal. Um, and so he goes on a murderous rampage oh, and kills everyone to get the girl back. Yay! It's uh, yeah, pretty generic, but it's it's not afraid to pull punches. It's uh, it's got some some blood and guts to it, and it's got some uh, just some real viciousness and a lot of. Wait, you said not afraid to pull punches. Yeah. Pulling punches means you're like holding back. Yeah. So it's not afraid to hold back. Not afraid to not pull punches. There you go. I got you there. I can. I'm struggling. If you'll notice, it was a solid like 10 seconds after you said it that I caught that. Yep. Because it was like skewing my brain trying to like think of what you meant. Yeah. It doesn't pull punches. It does good about musicking. Musicking? Violencing. I don't even. Yeah, this is. Words do not come easily to me today. No, indeed. Uh, yeah. Um,. So yeah, it's it's solid. It's probably not a movie I'll ever watch again, but it's a movie that I perfectly enjoyed watching the first time. Okay. The guy also, like, the first two-thirds of the movie, he's got just the most, like, emo haircut. <laughs> Let me see if I can find a picture of this for you. Crow outside is just going at it. I wonder if, they, I wonder if that's audible. Uh, let's see. It might be. It might just be, it's yeah. Audible. Yeah, no, that's that's his haircut for like the first oh, two oh, thirds. No. Yeah, it's God. it's like long and sort of unkempt, but the sort of unkempt that took three hours and a lot of product to achieve. That is pre- all down around his face. That is Black parade and pre-black parade, my temporal 
Romance. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his name. I don't. I don't know who that uh, is, but the Umbrella Academy. Okay. That director and writer. Oh, uh, Max Landis. Max Landis. Yeah. 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 I'm glad he's diversifying so that I can use different references to get his name out of people. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I saw this thing. Someone like posted a video. It's like Max Landis did not uh, become the uh, savior of the beat and the wicked and the damned reference to one of the songs mm-hmm. for people to know him as the the director of uh uh the uh, umbrella academy and i'm like this guy didn't change industries and put his heart and effort and soul into a show to be known as the guy who only did this one song you fucking close-minded asshole yep respect people's art even if they're not even if what they're doing is not what you remember them for this feels like a call ahead Oh, that was good. That was good. I didn't yeah. Mean it. That's definitely a call ahead. Uh, Here we go. All right. I wish I'd saved that. <laughs> you know who else? Oh, we not not yet. Stuff. Yep. And we got to do what you've been up to. Oh. If you've been up to anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for people who were in college, um, or who, who have been to college, uh, this is the week. This has been the week before spring break, and I'm in upper division classes. Mm-hmm. Which means a lot of tests and projects and homework assignments due this week. Right. So this week I've had about approximately three mental breakdowns. Always fun. Not even kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, lots of rage, lots of exhaustion, lots of stress. But uh, turned in my last homework assignment on Thursday night. Oh boy. Due Friday morning. And I'm done for spring break. Cool. Except I'm not really done because I have two tests immediately after spring break. Oh, perfect. And I think kind of a take-home test for a class that's just a mess. Hmm. This class is just a mess. Okay. I'm just going to vent for for a little bit. Please do. I feel like college fits in pop culture because it fits. Yeah. This professor is the sweetest professor I've ever had. She just got out of grad school. Like, she, this is her first semester with her PhD. Mm-hmm. And she's teaching because she was just here and they offered her the opportunity. But she's been going around doing interviews for other schools. In the, in the course of four weeks, we had class twice because she cancels all the time for interviews. Mm, mm-hmm. Which we get, but we are all so lost. The, like, yeah. just the material is sporadic. Uh, originally, at the beginning of the class, she said there's going to be a final, there's going to be homework assignments, and there's going to be a project. And that's it. No quizzes, no exams. We now have a midterm take-home exam over spring break, maybe. She's mentioned it, hasn't actually assigned it. It is now spring break hmm. when she was going to assign it. Um, we have had uh, in-class pop quizzes that have been weird that she was just like, all right, I want you guys to do this quiz. We're going to do it. Like, we're going to walk through the quiz just so you understand they'll do it. Basically, she was telling us, you guys are going to take these notes that I'm telling you to take, and then you're going to turn it in. That's So we didn't have notes hmm. to study anything. And it's just, it's a mess. She's a, she's super sweet. She's trying really hard. Uh, teaching's not her strong suit. But it's just, it's kind of a nightmare. Yeah. Um, what else I've been up to is I finished the Swamp Thing New 52 stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a bit weird stuff with the trade paperback stuff. They put Swamp Thing Annual Number 1 at the end of the first volume. Okay. When it definitely should not have gone there. Because it's something that picks up after, like, five issues down. Hmm. It's part of the Rot World thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when he comes out, it's like, what do you mean? It's, uh, where is, 
Where's uh, Abigail? Where is she? What do you mean she's dead? And she's like totally okay in the previous issue, and then in the next, in, like in the next mm. issue, there's so it's just like this, it's placed wrong. Hmm. So I haven't actually read it because I skipped it and then kept going. Okay. And then I just kept going and then I ha- didn't go back. So I didn't oh, well. read Swamp Thing Annual number one. Whatever. It's it's all right. The okay. art is really hard to follow. I think I mentioned that last. Yeah, time. you're talking about that. Um, I am also reading. Uh, Frankenstein, Agents of Shade. I... It is the superhuman... Awesome dude enclave. <laughs> God, I don't remember it anymore. Uh, I think it's... American Duck Emporium. No, something defense... Executive. Yeah, something def- uh, super Superhuman... Administration and defense? No, Evils? Evil doers? Human... Agents and doers of evil. I'm googling this because I don't care how this episode's going. Uh, Pretty badly. Advanced defensive executive. Uh, okay. It's just another one of those fucking things with like Argus and mm-hmm. check, uh, well, I guess checkmate. Not I don't know. It doesn't fucking. Woo! I woke up at 12:30 today. Yep. It is two o'clock. Well, I guess that. I also didn't shower or anything. I just threw clothes on and came to record. We can tell. Uh, no, you can tell. <laughs> I can tell. Uh, so I've been reading that. It's pretty good. Uh, Frankenstein's pretty funny. He just kind of like runs into battle with fight, and he's like, "Yes, I like fighting." It's like that kind of kind of like Drax. Okay. He just like likes fighting. He's also very smart. Um, and also fucking finally, there's Ray Palmer. I don't know who that is. The Adam. I don't know who that is. What? Uh, the Atom is the guy that can shrink. He's the, the Ant-Man in Marvel. I don't know who that is. You ass face. I don't know who that is. You. you I, don't know, I don't know who that How is. How long are you going to be? <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Palmer, and I was wondering where he was in the New 52, because they've got everybody in the New 52. Mm-hmm. But they kind of like put them put some of them in weird places. Uh-huh. Um, so I was like wondering where he was, and now he's here, and he's not actually doing Atom. Hmm. Uh, so I don't know where the Adam is. I believe the current Adam is uh, Ryan Choi. Okay. Uh, don't know where he is either. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. So it's it's pretty good. Oh man, I'm done talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking Ooh. of speaking of Swamp Thing, I've nearly finished the Bronze Age Omnibus. It's a bit of a slog. Like, I enjoy every issue, but it never feels like it's going anywhere because it's still the era when that's just like comic is a little self-contained story oh this is uh this is bronze age right yeah like late 70s so this is uh this is, this is post the comics code authority well i mean it's not post comic it's post the height of the comic yeah no it's i mean it's <laughs> it's also it's also clearly like enough of a side thing because yeah. this ended up being under vertigo label mm-hmm. um and it's like they're they're willing to kill off people yeah. Including like actual good guys in fairly horrifying ways. Oh. It's a um yeah, I mean it's like it it's clearly a horror comic. Yeah. It's not really conceived of as a superhero comic, although he does meet Batman in one issue. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's also fun to see like pre Batman becomes invincible. Uh-huh. So uh Swamp Thing just kinda beats him to a pulp in an alley and leaves him unconscious. This is the seventies. Yeah, so he's still got the gray suit. And... Yeah, he's got the gray suit. He's uh, so that would be he's still got Dick Grayson. Uh, because Dick Grayson. Left. Yeah, Dick Grayson um, left, quit being Robin in 
Blade three. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Robin showed up in the one issue. Well, I'm just kind of like yeah. wishing like yeah. to see that. Uh, yeah. He's also this is around the time he had the Rainbow Suit. Hmm. Well, so this, this was the, this would have been seventy nine. Okay, so this was after the I think it was like seventy two was the okay. Rainbow Suit. I'm yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a like it's a serious take on Batman. He does a lot of the world's greatest detecting and he beats a lot of normal humans pretty comfortably in hand-to-hand fighting, but then he runs up against like a seven and a half foot, 500 pound plant monster that he's never seen before and yeah. Swamp Thing beats him up pretty easily. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's it's oh, cool. Oh, no, that was 1957 was the rainbow suit. Oh. I must wear... I, must, I didn't think they had I color must, back then. I must then. wear a different colored Batman suit each night because... Uh, yeah, because fucking fifties reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. All right, all right. Uh, yeah. So I apologize to the listeners for my super low energy right now. I am like you know, given the last week, my emotional and mental capacity is very low right now. Yep. I'm literally going to go home and just read comics all day and relax and try to like recoup. Mm-hmm. And then sounds good. Tomorrow will be the first day of actually being productive. I'm gonna try to clean my whole room, clean my whole house. Nice. Spring cleaning, you know, spring break cleaning. Yeah, makes sense. Probably mow the lawn because that's coming back now. All of a sudden, that's a thing. It's all crabgrass. <laughs> my yard is disgusting. Yeah. I left a really bad yard because the lady couldn't take care of her yard. Uh. We're overgrown when we got in here. Right. So we were right, just right. gonna wait till it all dies in the in the winter and then gut it all. Mm-hmm. But we missed our window, so it's all growing back. It's all <laughs> turning green again. We got flowers in the insanely packed. Uh, uh, flower garden yep and just our entire backyard i'll show you when we when we get back to my house mm-hmm. it is just like all fucking crabgrass <laughs> it's so bad delightful i need to re- literally i just want to like gut the entire yard and put new bermuda sod down yeah just might be the reset our yard might be the plan <laughs> all right okay news news my going up now that i got to vent about my yard <laughs> is this adulthood Yep. <laughs> I'm an adult. I'm ranting about my yard being covered in crabgrass. <laughs> yep. God, what is my life? Uh, I don't know. Um, speaking of things that have life, though, Marvel's Shang-Chi movie has life, has an official director now. Oh, shit. What is Shang-Chi? Uh, he's a kung fu dude. All right. Uh, Destin, Destin Daniel Cretton is going to direct. Destin Daniel. Oh, dude. His first name sounds like he's a bad guy. Like he'd be like Destin. Yeah, it might be Destine. Destine? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, he directed Short Term 12, which was a is an indie with Brie Larson, actually, oh. uh, from like 2011 or so, 2012 maybe. Um, so he's he's kind of got some more indie street cred. Yep. Um, he's also Asian. They were looking for an Asian director. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Shang-Chi. It's like he's a Chinese main character. Okay. And lots of <laughs> yeah, kung fu. I assume they've crossed paths, but I think he's kind of his own thing. How do you spell Shang-Chi? Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> About like that. The first thing that pops up was Shang-Chi versus Batman. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Batman's going to win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Yep. Kind of like scanning through his uh, characters, but that's mm-hmm. not important anymore. Yeah. Okay, I, um, so that's happening. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about the character, but I hope they get some of the people that they had doing action on Iron Fist season two, because that was some good like hand-to-hand martial arts type combat. Yeah. I know. Maybe that's something I'll watch. Yeah. Man, I gotta. I still gotta finish Punisher. Got work until five o'clock, and then I have what, like four seasons? Because I haven't seen Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, or both Punishers. Both Punishers. 
But you also got a bunch of 2010 movies to catch up on. I know. It's going to be a weird week. Yep. A lot of me just staring at the screen. Yep. Okay. Uh, speaking of finding directors, Guardians of the Galaxy oh. Volume 3 found its director. Yay! He's back, y'all! <laughs> apparently, not apparently, uh, people realize that maybe people can grow after 12 years. Yep. What? You mean being a shithead 12 years ago doesn't mean that there have to be a shithead now? Holy shit! Fuck, dude, it took way too long for them to back down. I think they're all waiting for everything to settle down. Yeah. Like, they made the decision way back yeah. in the heat of everything, it, and they're just like, let's wait to tell people. Yeah, like, there's there's news coming out now that apparently they didn't even look for an actual replacement. Yeah. Although, <laughs> Taika Waititi said, uh, Taika, Taika, Taika yes, Waititi. Nope, that's his name forever. We have another one. Another name that we don't know how to pronounce. Taika Waititi. <laughs> so, Taika Waititi, uh, Waititi? 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 I thought I was going to do it. Waititi? Yeah. <laughs> saw the road. I'd, I'd open that can of worms. I now like that. I'd lie I, every time uh, Taika Waititi like tweets, it's usually tweet or what tweeted. Mm-hmm. Why tweeted? Why tweeted? Yep. Why tweeted? Why? Yeah. Why tweeted? I always say what tweeted. Uh huh. Going to going What's that? What? What's that? Taka what's that? I'm done. All right. My joke's done. Okay. He's like, I thought I was going to do it. Yep. That's great. He would be a great match for that. Yeah. He's good at the, kind of the, he's good at, he's good at humor. He's good at. He's good at the offbeat and the colorful one. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a great one for yeah. him. Yeah. The internet really wanted him to do it, but. But James Gunn is also doing Guardian, or, uh. Suicide Squad. Squad. Yep. Which is just DC's attempt at Guardians. Yep. So, this will be weird. Yeah. What if he does a crossover? Dude, what if Taika Waititi could do the Green Lantern Corps movie. That'd be something. Because you could do the Green Lantern Corps movie, and that would be a good opportunity to bring in all the other cores. Mm -hmm. And that's just literally the fucking rainbow. Right. And if he's good at colors, do it. Yeah. Do like Darkest Night, because that is just all about literally light and Mm -hmm. colors. That is what it's about. Everything is just all of the colors with, like, black in the middle of it. He'd love that. He would. would, And, like, I feel like he would kill the humor with Lark Leaves, just, like, Mm-hmm. Being uh, like just wanting to be everything, uh, the the interaction between like Kilowog and everybody else, he'd be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would love Taika Waititi to be to do that one. I'd like him to direct everything. Yeah, I think that'd be a good. Yeah, he could, not not a Batman. Yeah, that's probably fair. I don't think he should do Batman. Like he, Batman is okay to have some humor, but mm-hmm. definitely tone it back and make it a horror movie. Yeah, but. I got one of them. I have a segue. I'm gonna let's come back to this. Okay. After after the rest of our news. All right. What other news is there? We've had trailers. Uh, we have. Uh, also, real quick, speaking of James Gunn, uh, the next Suicide Squad movie is apparently just gonna be a full blown reboot. Yep. And just not address the last one, which I think is a good decision. Uh, the Wonder Woman is also not a sequel. Yeah, that's what they were saying. It's just I think kind of its own thing. Attaching to this, just individual movies. Yeah. Which I totally fucking dig. Yeah. I dig it so much. Yep. That um, could also that could also sort of explain why Chris Pine is there again cuz oh it's yeah. just a different timeline or something. Yeah, he's just there. New, new, yeah. Uh Trailers. Do you want to complain about the Endgame trailer? Okay, so the Endgame trailer, guys. Stop losing your shit. If you wanted this trailer, just go look at the last trailer or go just watch other movies and listen to an emotional speech from somebody. 
all these trailers are is clips from the last movie, uh, last movies, mm-hmm. a few clips of the new movie of just everyone looking all sad and depressed, and suddenly going, "We have to do this." That's it. We did That's get it. we did get five seconds of Captain Marvel at the end, though. Did we? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see it. She's she's standing there, and Thor's like in front of her, and he like oh. reaches out and catches the hammer. She doesn't flinch, and he's like. I like this one. Oh, that's right. I did see that. We also see, you know, they also gave things away. We see everyone together, including Tony. Yeah. Then walking. So, like. We knew he's like, he's getting back. Like, he's getting like, back halfway through the first act. Like a small thing. That, like, oh, what if Tony missed all of it? Like, he was just no, on the when he got home. That wasn't going to happen. Oh, yeah, we already went and defeated that. No. Like, Fucking what? No. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna be in the, the how it should have ended. But that's not going to make the real video. Yeah real movie uh speaking of i so i heard i'm not sure how true this is but i heard that the russo brothers only made eight minutes of footage available for trailers and marketing okay which would explain by the trailers are all just the same thing because they have nothing they can show but also i love that they're playing it that close to the chest Mm -hmm. because like we're all gonna go see this movie anyway this is gonna be a two and a half billion dollar movie no matter what yeah so the fact that they and there's so many interesting weird directions they could go with this, the fact that they're playing it this close to the chest, I really like. I just I'm just ready for the Marvel to be done. You guys have heard that whole thing before. Yep. I just like I I feel like they shouldn't have split into two because like it's been a year and it's just like oh there's more and they're like yeah there's more. Well I'm like yeah there's more. I come on, just go. It's like someone telling you that we're going to the best restaurant ever for a year. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we're going to go to the best restaurant ever. Like, cool. Like, right at the end, they're like, yes, sweet. And then, like, three months in, they're like, we're going to the best restaurant ever. And you're like, I know. Mm-hmm. I, 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 there's nothing I can do. Right. I'm just waiting. And then, like, eight months in, they're like, we're going to the best restaurant ever. And you're like, I know. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> I, I'm, I am sitting here waiting. But by you telling me that it's work, it's it's not making it come any sooner. It's true. And they're not even saying anything different. They're just telling you we're going to the best restaurant ever, mm-hmm. and it's going to be great. It's like them telling you the same two menu items. It's like they have really good burgers, and their pie is amazing. And they keep telling you that. And you're like, I fucking know. You keep telling me. I'm waiting. Maybe, like, hit me with something more. Like, tell me, do they have good mashed potatoes? It sounds like a very American restaurant. Burgers, pies, Burgers, pies and mashed potatoes. <laughs> Imagine like a 50s diner. Yeah. <laughs> also, good food analogy. Yeah, thanks. That's what you yeah, always do, isn't it? Food analogies that's, are easy. That's your new thing now. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, we got Shazam stuff. We got, yeah. We, we got, got the Shazam. sort of the behind the, was it a behind the scenes look or? Uh, we, okay, so there's special three things. We got thing? a new trailer. Oh, uh-huh. we, the new trailer was last time. Right. Which we talked about. Uh, I did not know that there was a Chinese trailer that was out. There's a Chinese trailer that shows just a little bit more footage. And I fucking love it. Beautiful. Every single thing I see makes me more excited. Like, yeah. This is how you do it. You give them a little, like, more, like, actual substance of the movie. Yep. Of, like, something. Not just the same kind of, like, people walking slowly and it's just zombies. In, in defense of Endgame... If they give anything away, the internet's going to just go crazy with speculation and they'll have something to focus on, something to latch on. And I think they're thinking it's more likely that they'll figure out what's going to happen. Then do – then break break the, the – uh, like, oh, wow. I'm about to break the wheel. 
like Game of Thrones. Okay, over here. Like, I was literally... Daenerys. I was literally, like, about to make a comparison to Game of Thrones, and by doing that, I actually brought in something from Game of Thrones. And now you've ruined the smoothness of that by yes. explaining it. Uh, Game of Thrones, they were just like, season eight. Just kind of saying, season eight. And everyone's like, everyone has faith in it. And we're like, yes, season eight. And they're like, season eight. And we're like, season eight. And they're like, season eight. And we're like, season eight. And then... A month before they release season eight, they're like one trailer. Yep. And we're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. That we don't need like like they should have done that for Endgame. Just been like, yeah, Endgame. Like drop the name about like six months in mm -hmm. and be like Endgame, and we're like lose our mind, and we have no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then like a month be or like two months before, because everyone has the faith. Mm -hmm. Two months before you drop one trailer. And you put exactly what they did for the first trailer, which was hype-inducing. Mm -hmm. And then you're just like, just wait, motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. Speak softly and carry a big stick. Okay. That's what Game of Thrones is doing. A little bit. <laughs> they have a very big <laughs> stick, and we all know the size of that stick. <laughs> that okay. as long as ice. Good. Yes. Well done. Or Drogon. <laughs> uh, and so then there was that other Shazam thing. Yeah, the, uh, the, the um, they extended should. look. Right, they that's what it's showed, called. Basically showed the scene where Billy shows back up at home and is like, hey, it's me! Which is a good scene to do because it's going to be like first ten minutes of the movie. Pretty much. And I was laughing the whole time. Yeah. It, I, I am so excited for this movie. I have two I have two times that I have tickets for. Yep. I'm going with you for the review at 7 o'clock. Yep. trying to find somebody else to go. Nobody wants to go. I'll fucking go by myself. All right. I will take up two seats. I will put all of my com all of my Shazam related comic <laughs> stuff. Anything that he was in, I just put it in the seat next to me. Just get a cardboard cut out of Zachary <laughs> Levi. <laughs> all my Chuck, I'll get, go buy yeah. all the Chuck seasons and just yes. next to me. Just like worship this movie. <laughs> I am so fucking excited for this movie. Come and go. Just the, okay, so the extended look was just them meeting and it like there's a in the Shazam in the Chinese trailer. We do learn it shot down what my theory was mm -hmm. about when he figures out that just saying the name switches you back and forth mm -hmm. uh, because that's in the same scene where they're like, where he's trying to convince Freddy that he's Billy. Mm -hmm. um, also, the bullet that that's the last thing you see of that bullet. I'm almost guaranteed. Like that they, you know, what I'm talking about yeah, yeah the, so, like the crumpled bullet. Yeah, I'm assuming it's just that's the point. And then he, like, drops it, and that's the way of them going, all right, that, that was the point of the bullet. Bullet story's done. Which is a great way to do it. Yeah. Because they, they'll introduce it early on and be like, hey, this is, like, my favorite bullet. And then at some point, he, Billy's going to be like, yoink, because he doesn't like Freddy. Mm -hmm. Freddy doesn't like him. He's going to yoink it. And then Freddy's going to be like, hey, you stole my bullet. And you're like, no, I didn't. And then he gets chased, and then he comes back, and he's like, hey, oh, hey, yeah, no, it was me that stole the bullet. This is the proof, the thing that happened uh, like four hours ago. Mm-hmm. And then he'll drop it, and then that's the end of the bullet storyline. And then he'll pick up one of the bullets that bounces off of Shazam. Smart! This is my new bullet. Yes, that bullet that he got shot where he's like, you have bullet immunity! Which I don't like the word bullet immunity, that's so weird. That is, it's kind of a weird line. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm so excited for this movie. Anyway, I'll stop raving about it. Alright. We're at 30 minutes. Okay. Uh, do you have any more news? I have one uh, more news. Aladdin trailer? Oh, yeah! Parkour for the sake of parkour. It looks like a Bollywood remake. Yeah. Kind of Singing just... all sounds the exact same. Yeah. It's just... 
gonna be fine. Will it? Needless remake. Yeah. It's gonna no. See, the thing is, it'll be good. It doesn't need to exist. Yeah. Like, cause yeah. It's, it's Disney. They can make good movies. Yes. The movie's going to be good. It's not gonna be like Probably. groundbreaking because we all fucking know the story. Yep. Well, kind of. I don't really know the story. I've only seen it when I was like seven, and then I haven't seen it since. There's this guy named Aladdin. He's he like meets poor, Will Smith. He's a poor kid. He gets a gets the genie. Uh, the genie is so funny. And then he marries the girl with the tiger. <laughs> yep. There's also a bad guy, and they do some bad guy fights. But yeah, and then they steal what Godfrey does. <laughs> right. <laughs> is he coming back for the parrot? No, Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Alan Tudyk is though. But Gilbert Godfrey is such a unique voice. But Alan Tudyk played the chicken from Moana. I didn't see much of that. You uncultured swine. Listen, sir. No. Ten years. This one didn't even come out in the Oh, and it came out like three years ago. Yeah, I know. But, like, I have to make up for the ten years with other movies. I have to watch the ones that are coming out. I have to watch them anyway. Fine. <laughs> There's a lot of movies I haven't seen. This uh, is true. I believe I had another news. Let me pull up my diary. Okay. Um, Take screenshots of news. Uh, I, oh, I learned that Steak and Blowjob Day is a thing. When was it? <laughs> March, 20, March 14th. Oh. The male, super hyper-misogynist... Uh, um, response to um, Valentine's Day. Hmm. It's also my anniversary. Oh, hey. And Pi Day. We have uh, comments to talk about. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's talk uh, about comments. Real quick. Uh, we talked about, I don't remember what episode this was. Gage talked about Hancock. Oh, yeah. The movie. Uh, I think that's the non comic book. Must have been. Uh, and they talked about how it's like. Uh, some interesting food for thought, a different perspective. Hancock was one of the early examples of black superheroes in the movies, and he's portrayed as a vulgar drunk unlike all the other white movie superheroes. Uh, this is, of course, until a white man comes along and fixes him, in quotes. Uh, it's a weirdly racially charged movie beyond the normal superhero stuff. Good hmm. point. I never thought about that. That is a little strange. That is very racist. Good catch, Gage. Well, he said he talked about it in class, so he probably didn't think it was on his own. How dare you steal someone else's point and comment it like you, you know something gage uh the other random fact uh, the kiwi fruit used to be called the chinese gooseberry before new zealand started exporting it i made a comment about that in the oh. we talked about the pregnant gold just being a skit and mm. some other things okay uh gage brought this up if thanos kid killed everybody there would be nobody left to die in the future if half the universe is still alive they can keep making people who would later die by ending all life thanos would also be ending death which i'm sure death would not appreciate that that's was a the, that was me talking about like why did why doesn't he kill just everybody? Okay. Because he wouldn't be able to kill anybody ever again. Good job, Gage. Yeah, You're allowed Gage, to comment you are, again. You were good at being a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dark Malfour commented uh, that something. I don't know what the context is, so it's kind of hard to comment on. No idea. Oh, that's all the comments. Okay. Everything else is just really referential, referential to the episode. Yeah. Yeah, so comments. Thanks, Gage. And, I mean, Mark, for saying something that's you mean dark? Dark Malfork. Mal Malfork. Yep. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so what was my comment earlier? The thing that. Um, you had some segue. I had some segue. I don't remember what it was. Oh, you never okay. told me. Let's just go back to the first segue then. Don't look at people like what they've done in the, done in the past. People can change what they do. Yeah. For example, we know some. We know a guy. Who was huge in comedy for a while. Mm -hmm. He was in one of like really good comedy shows for a while, and then he did a horror movie. 
Mm-hmm. That man is Robin Williams. Uh, John Krasinski. Oh, that works too. And Jordan Peele. And Jordan Peele. We're talking about Jordan Peele. Yep. What a segue. What a what a rough start to this episode. So Jordan Peele, <laughs> uh, Jordan Haworth Peele. Haworth? Hayworth? Well, the reason we're talking about Jordan Peele today is because his next movie, Us, is coming out. You want to go see Us this week? Uh, sure. <gasps> Yay! You have to pay for tickets, though. Okay. I'm broke as fuck. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so broke. Yeah. We don't even have to review it. I just really want to see it. Okay. I think we should review it. Okay. If we're going to see it. We might as well put make content for it. We don't, we don't ever really review more, I guess, relatively highbrow stuff. Yeah. It's all superhero stuff. Pretty much. We... We have, like, failed in focusing on the fact that this is a pop culture, not necessarily a movies podcast. Mm-hmm. I need to do some more uh, video game stuff, maybe talk about book series and stuff like that, like pop culture things. Mm-hmm. So, Let's branch out. Do some more of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Jordan, I don't know if it's Hayworth or Haworth, but his middle name is H-A-W-O-R-T-H, and I'm fixating on that for some reason. <laughs> Born February 21st, 1979, as an American actor, comedian, writer, producer, director, and inventor of the banana skin. I made that joke earlier, and you laughed then. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying that for the benefit of the audience. It was funnier that, that, the first uh, time. Diminishing return is fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was, there was funny to nothing. Yep. The diminishing return was literally one to zero. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he, this dude is diverse as fuck. Yep. Um, for people who don't really know who he is, uh, he got his start. Actually, we could say he got his start. In a fucking white and nerdy music video, Yankovic, he and Peel were both in that music video. Oh. They were the two gangsters that show up in the car and they're like, "You're listening to Rolling," and they're like, "Yeah, that's them." Well, so, cool. Like right off the bat, he's in comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on does, Mad TV through the mid aughts. But then he really kind of started breaking out with the He and Peel show, mm-hmm. which is a sketch show. Yep. Uh, I don't know if I, I know there were shows like that structure first mm-hmm. um i think the dave Chappelle show did it first probably i'm um, just really out of the loop on the world of comedy so, yeah. so i'll believe anything you tell me they would just do a whole bunch of sketches a whole bunch of comedy sketches mm-hmm. and for a while for a large majority of it it was just straight comedy sketches mm-hmm. um and it would just be like the substitute teacher have you seen the substitute teacher sketch a a ron a ron yeah so like those are really funny all of their stuff is really funny. They have they both yep. have a really good dynamic of Yeah. Comedy. Apparently, uh they were looking for um a comedian for just something. I don't know. One of these one of these shows was looking for a comedian for something mm-hmm. and it they were kind of thinking it was going to be between him or Key. Oh. And and they put him in something together and they had such good comedic chemistry that they're like, yeah. "Well, this is a moneymaker right here." Yeah. They the Key and Peel it took me so long to realize that Key and Peele, like, those are their names. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, I, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know, like, what they're, so now I know it's, like, Keegan, Michael Key, and Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Jordan Peele had, you could, uh, I've seen all of their sketches. Like, I okay. really like Key and Peele sketches. You can kind of notice through what he's acting, like, as they progress. <laughs> I wanted to get a little, like, off what I was going to say. So, you can see that there's something wrong in his head. Something's going on. No. (laughs) You can see that there's a lot of creativity and diversity in what, in 
in his acting. Yeah. Um, there, there are sketches like the the later you get with their sketches, you can see that there are be, there begin to show some horror themes. Mm-hmm. Um, like people running away from like something, people mm-hmm. like a mystery kind of thing. Some some sort of horror trope. Yeah. That exists in their comedy thing. It's usually made fun of in a way. Right. Which will come back later. I mm-hmm. I didn't prepare for any of this, but I have thought about it a lot okay. of like what I wanted to kinda of talk about. Good, because I did prepare for this, but I haven't thought about it. Okay, good. Uh you can start to see that like the way he acts, there is there's more going on in his brain than just making jokes. Yeah. There's an effort put into making people think, making make uh putting art into it. You can see the even just the straight up cinematography between the first few seasons and the last few seasons yeah. of Shield drastically changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he started to take more of a directing role in that. Uh, I imagine so. Less, I'm just gonna write the scripts and act in them, and now it's more like let's let's not stay formulaic. Mm-hmm. Let's get a little interesting. There's one. There's one that I can't. I can't remember what happens in it, but it's like football players. And one guy's like running away, mm-hmm. and it's like they're, uh, oh, it's, uh, they're making fun of how like football players to get hyped like hit each other. Oh yeah. And they like start getting more and more violent, and mm-hmm. one of them's like, like he's like trying to back out or something, <laughs> and it's like, and it's the, you hear his uh, the other person's voice from nowhere, and he's like, where are you, kind of thing, mm-hmm. like that kind of horror trope. Yeah. That stuff develops mm-hmm. through Key and Peele. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. Has he done something between Key and Peele and Get Out? Uh, so he wrote Keanu. Yes. Which was that movie about a drug dealer's kitten. Yeah. Um, they were both, they were kind of the stars of that. And he was one of the writers, but not one of the directors. So that was one of his first, like, longer writing stints. Yeah. More than just a a sketch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, around the same time, he was also getting into some more serious acting. He was uh, in the first season of Fargo. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, he was mostly just writing like little short stuff, like Mad TV, Key and yeah. Peele. Um, and then after Keanu, the next thing on his agenda was Get Out. Yeah. So Get Out happened. Yep. And people were like, hey, there's this horror movie that was made by Jordan Peele. Isn't he like that really goofy black guy from Key and Peele? Like, I would have expected kind of a, an offbeat horror comedy. Yeah. So, like, I think kind of that's what people expected. I think they announced Jordan Peele was doing a movie. Uh-huh. Because uh, it was Blumhouse, right? Like uh, yes. Blumhouse. Yes. So it's just kind of like, yeah, he's just doing his own thing. People were like, oh, okay, goofy. First trailer came out. What the fuck was that, dude? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Jordan Peele. What? You okay, man? <laughs> I just, I love it. Cause, so I went back and I watched a bunch of Key and Peele sketches yeah. uh, this week. Because I, I sort of, I knew who they were. Mm-hmm. Like, I would recognize their faces. But I don't know if I'd ever seen more than a sketch or two over someone's shoulder. Yeah. Uh, and so Get Out was really kind of my first introduction to them. Mm-hmm. As like, okay, this is, this is intense and it's well-crafted horror. And so, like, going back and watching it, I found myself watching Jordan Peele to see if I could see that. Yeah. Dude, dude, dude can really put on some like dead eyes and look scary. Act. Yeah, and I think that's uh, I, I'm trying to kind of put together like how that develops, and I think something about sketch comedy 
you've got to put on so many characters and so many different characters. Mm-hmm. You start to, I mean, again, I want to just take this path like of like <laughs> of psychoanalyzing him in such a wrong way. Mm-hmm. But if you put on so many characters, you start to lose your real identity. That's not fucking what I'm going for. <laughs> you you start to see what works and yeah. like what gets certain emotional reactions from people yeah. in certain ways. Yeah. And I, he's not the only person that fucking John Krasinski. Yeah. Comedy. I really think that there is such a tight link between comedy and horror. Yeah. I think if every single comedy were like fucking Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. I feel like he might be really good at horror. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I want to analyze this more. We should do an episode on this. I actually did think about this a little bit because okay. uh, I, I made the same connection that there's a lot of comedy people that have done horror or just like really intense stuff. Yeah. I'm thinking of uh, Robin Williams in Insomnia. Bo Burnham. With, uh, like it's not like a horror, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a comedy. Yeah. Movie, and it's fucking great. But I think I think comedy and horror. Is actually just the, the, the just he's fucked up. Oh yeah, that, that would explain that. <laughs> no, but um, I think comedy and horror are kind of at opposite ends of a spectrum that wraps around and forms a circle, and so they're the most intense expressions of particular emotions, mm-hmm. uh, and so comedy is sort of the the most intense expression of not like joyous happiness but sort of contented comfortable happiness it depends on the on the humor yeah like peel there's a lot of like it's less of like hey how about that airline food it's more of like this is shit that goes on in our world yeah let's laugh at it for a little bit before you go shit that's awkward dude yeah <laughs> they, they they get one they get thing yeah and um yeah which i'll get to that in a second mm-hmm. but but yeah no i think comedy it's this is a messy multidimensional spectrum, but comedy is at one end and horror is at the opposite end, but it's like really close. Cause it's the most intense expression, like elemental because mm-hmm. laughing and sort of screaming are the involuntary reactions. Yeah. Some of the only involuntary reactions you can have, yeah. they can be caused by the same thing. So it, it just, it seems to me that if you're good at getting into people and like affecting them in that, that, sort of a fundamental way yeah. elemental just get back to your caveman instincts way you're gonna be able to do that in multiple directions i think it's a way of of knowing with humor you know you know what people you know how people work you know what triggers people yeah and i think that is such a very small step yeah knowing how they get triggered in other ways yeah just knowing what makes people react mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want the manipulation yeah manipulative with them which is what comedy and horror both are yeah it's a manipulation of your emotions yeah you're just manipulating the audience well, I mean, every media should be a manipulation of it. yeah but this one's like a it's the most extreme the most yeah. visceral yeah um and just the with jordan peele he just like came out of this comedy 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 mm-hmm. to do this mm-hmm. and with with john krasinski he was there was a lot he did, did the office and the office isn't like blunt or it's the Office is awkward humor. A lot of it. It's a, it's a very different kind of humor from yeah. what Jordan Peele did. Yeah. Uh, and there was also a lot more time between, so like you could assume he grew and he had this time to meditate on it and stuff like that. Right. I'm just or, imagining John Krasinski, he meditates for six months, and that's where the beard came from. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Peele just shows up with this. And just it's like, look, like commentary on racism, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's horrifying. Mm-hmm. And... Then, like, even beyond him as a creator, he directed that movie. Yeah. 
he pulled that out of people. Yeah. He he made that movie. Yeah. He didn't just write it. He didn't just produce it. He directed it. He did he act in it? Was he in it at all? No. He didn't act in it. So that shows what his mind is like. He doesn't yeah. need to be the one that's in it. He can have other people do what is in his mind. Which, you know, is what all directors do. Mm -hmm. But, like, you wouldn't expect that from somebody who just does sketch humor and, co and right. comedy central. I think it's just another indicator. Because you can see, looking back at their Key and Peele sketches, that these guys, they got something special. These are real creative guys. And I think this is just another indication that talented and creative people turned out to be really talented and creative. Yeah. And so if they have a different playground they want to play in, they're usually going to do really well. I think it's a fundamental understanding of the material. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. A fundamental understanding of art that the the uh, you you can't go from writing poetry to painting because those are different like kinds of art you could it's, you totally could there are people who have uh, but you it's it's less of a pretty much surefire way of going from comedy to horror yeah or like have a, having a fundamental understanding of creating film that solicits a response mm -hmm. is different from like poetry to painting right so there's a, those yeah skill it's it's within sort of the same big thing yeah. and there are a lot of it's skills that are going to translate with an understanding yeah and that i really think is the connection between horror and comedy yeah and jordan peele boy oh boy <laughs> and i think with with uh get out it was very racially charged and no one is gonna yeah and i mean you look at their key and peel stuff they it's they're comfortable playing with racial humor and like uncomfortable realities of racial situations and i think get out was a stepping stone to things like us where i don't think us is going to be racially charged it doesn't seem so from the trailer so far yeah i don't i, like I don't know yeah and first of all if it's not racially charged that's great because like just have the have people be black without it being that they're mm-hmm I mean, I understand that that is a constant plight of society, that if you're black, you're constantly under racism. Mm -hmm. That's a thing that... But if you're black, you're not constantly under attack from people that look exactly like you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he's, I, it's, I think the kind of being in the comfort zone with Get Out, where mm -hmm. it's like racially, like, an interesting play on racism, mm -hmm. and then this one's just like, all right, let's just fucking scare the shit out of people. Yeah. Because so. what's scarier than seeing... Like, kind of in Captain Marvel, they did it, where people saw themselves when mm -hmm. the skull changed into them. Mm -hmm. You kind of got like, what the fuck is happening? Mm -hmm. If they're running at you with scissors and their heads cocked 40 degrees, yeah, that's a little terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for this movie. It's, I, I'm terrified. Yeah. What else? Uh, what other stuff do you have to talk about, Jordan? Uh, he's officially retired from acting. Really? Yeah. Has he said that? Yeah. He came out in an interview uh with cbs in early 2018 um and he says i quote that's the idea Re like referring to him being done with acting uh daniel day lewis and i are both out because i was right after daniel day lewis announced that phantom thread was his last movie uh and then he said acting is just nowhere near as fun for me as directing Interesting. so that gives me the sense that this is a guy who that he feels like he can be the most creative yeah and, He's a big picture guy. He can, mm -hmm. he can understand what he wants the movie to do, but when you're acting, mm -hmm. there's only so much you can do. Yeah. To, to portray what you want to portray right. the movie to you're, you're a little... You're one piece of the puzzle. Yeah. You're not the puzzle maker. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, what? What's his like early life history like? 
Uh, so he grew up in New York with a single mother. His dad was black. His mom was white. Um, he went to a variety of what looked like kind of fancier schools. Okay. Um, Upper West Side of Manhattan. So he had a, he had a good education. Yeah. Uh, he went to Sarah Lawrence College for two years before dropping out to form a comedy duo with Rebecca Drysdale. Hmm. She was on an episode of Arrested Development this past season. Was I thinking like Richard Dreyfus? Probably. <laughs> uh, okay, so so he had a good education growing up through college, or like up mm-hmm. to college, and then he kind of just took that jump, which mm-hmm. you know I guess is the first kind of indicator that he's willing to take a risk. Mm-hmm. Second being going from comedy to horror. Mm-hmm. Was he the first person to go from comedy to horror that we can? He's the first director I can think of off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's yeah. other examples. Um, going in the opposite direction, uh, I don't remember his name, but the guy who directed Black Christmas uh, later went on to direct A Christmas Story. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I, I just think there's always been an overlap here. Yeah. And he's just the the 21st century version of that yeah he is the he went from very high profile comedy to very high profile horror right in one fucking movie yeah and now he's is he okay like when i see him (laughs) i see him in award ceremonies he's never smiling i think he's just an intense dude kind of because that's something that like People always under, uh, people always assume that people who are like comedians mm-hmm. are always like always happy and always laughing and all this stuff like that. But you, the more you learn about it, comedians are always like pretty tame. Like like Bo Burnham talks about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I'm up here like making jokes and stuff. You come to me like when I'm at home and I'm like super quiet mm-hmm. and just yeah, yeah. But it's always like. Uh, the Film Independent Spirit Awards that was hosted by John Mulaney and uh, Nick Kroll, mm-hmm. which, if you want comedians to do a horror movie, I think they're the next one. They should do it. I feel okay. like John Mulaney could do it. He is. Yeah. Very, they're both very funny people. Uh, but yeah, no, they like did a cut to him, and he was just like straight face, mm-hmm. like dude, fucking enjoy yourself. Come on. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a. Uh, I don't know. In as much as humor, humor is often a coping mechanism almost mm. or just a um a way to redirect emotions i guess mm. that explains why there's yeah so i don't know where i'm going with that here's the thing so he does horror movies why do you think he chose horror because he easily could have gone to action movies something i was yeah. thinking about is like the audience that go to see his movies mm-hmm. are not the audience that goes to see a Jordan Peele horror movie is not exactly the same audience as the people that go to see Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the, the dumb modern supernatural stuff. There's, there's an intelligence of the audience that like, I mean, there's going to be people who are going to watch his movies because like it's popular because that's what some people do. Right. Group thing. Um, but there, the people that talk about going to see Jordan Peele's movies are like, yes, it's so fucking well crafted, mm-hmm. but people don't say that about Halloween, and people don't yeah. say that. Yeah, people. I mean, the original Halloween, yeah. 
Oh, okay. Well, but like not the new one and like. No, the new one. People are like, oh, it's scary. And paranormal, like the paranormal movies. Yeah, no one says those are well crafted. They say they're scary or creepy. Yeah. He puts so much effort into his art. Like I feel like he's not gonna go into superhero movies because the audience for superhero movies is not people that care about the well craftedness of, like generally speaking. Yeah, like, like we, we obviously they, care about the craftsmanship. You could you could remove the people who care about the craftsmanship from the audience base, and they wouldn't suffer that badly. Yeah, because they have so many other fans. It's just people that just want to go watch people. They want each other. It's yeah, people, they want a fun punch punch movie. It's basically the the audience that goes to see Pacific Rim for the reason you go to Pacific Rim. Right. Specific Rim. Specific Rim. Pacific Rim too. But yeah, it's the people that go to see. You just want a giant monster fighting a giant robot. Mm-hmm. You don't go for anything else. Yeah. But you go to Jordan Peele stuff because it... Because all of a sudden he's an auteur after one movie. Yeah. I mean, like, you go see It Follows and you're just like, oh, that was scary. It is also very well crafted, though. It, it is very well crafted. I will say that. And, like, there, it makes you think. It's an mm-hmm. sharpness. But, like, you, most people walk away from that and they're just like, oh, that was scary. So right. I'm not going to look at someone walking slowly towards me ever again. Right. But, like, Jordan Peele movie, you come out, like, fundamentally scarred. <laughs> you're like that was harrowing yeah <laughs> what was that yep he does something different and I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah say, like a quiet place was a great movie but i didn't come out like i feel like i would with jordan peele's movies yeah because i think i think I a quiet place is more it's well it's like an alien outside threat it yeah. it's it's more elemental to talk about the threat of being caught and eaten by a giant monster. Yeah. And so I think that affects a different part of your brain yeah. than uh, sort of well-meaning white liberal racism um, just sort of is off-putting. Yeah. And then, like, what's, like the, what's the... the valley of emotions. Right. <laughs> right. And then so they're just playing that into a fantastic, weird, worst-case scenario. Yeah. Just because it works, there is that emotional uncomfortableness, and so you dig into that. Yeah, it's um, it, it, but it's a very different part of your brain than being eaten by a shark or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's another category of horror movies—the fucking nature ones. I maintain that those are just slasher movies in disguise. Yeah, oh, they are. Oh, yeah. Oh, but absolutely. um, what else? Anything else you wanted to talk about? He's married to Chelsea Peretti. Oh yeah, you found that out. I, I like lost well, your mind. I was I was so confused because well, I've heard of both of these people, but I've never like I guess I've never seen them together. Yeah. Or never had any reason to think that they were together. And it's a marriage that's meant for actual marriage and not for like a publicity stunt. Right. And, they don't flaunt it everywhere. Right. And also like I guess my only reference for Chelsea Peretti is Gina from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, yeah. And so I just imagined her being like that in real life. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and Jordan Peele's just kind of this intense, visionary mind guy. Like, him with Gina? That doesn't make sense to yeah. me. But I have to I have to separate the actor from the character, I guess. Yeah, yeah no, it's, I mean, you text him, you're like, uh, <laughs> uh, not Gina, uh, Chelsea Peretti. Chelsea Peretti and Jordan Peele are married. I'm like, what you mean two fucking people and some of the most like, two of the most prominent comedic actors are married what i was like yeah but i i've heard of both of them yeah no it's, it's great yep they eloped yeah they like straight up just ran away got married and came back and like, hey we're married now yep yeah again i mean that's, that's good because they're not making a high, high profile deal out of it yeah. so uh chelsea 
We shall. What's the next episode? Oh, the next episode is Best Movies of 2010. Yeah. 2010s. No S. The year 2010. The year 2010. The movies that came out in the year 2010. What movies are the best in that year? The the 2010th year. 2000. Yeah, because the world, the universe started at year zero. Yeah. You fucking creationist. (laughs) That's not how creationism works. Well, I mean, I guess idiots would. Also, just to be clear, Matt's not a creationist. I don't believe in creation. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Create, creation is a false thing. Everything already already exists. Yep. yep. Uh, anyway. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening to us talk about Jordan Peele and definitely overly psychoanalyze him because... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what, that's what we do here. Uh, you can find this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Podbean. You can reach us at Facebook where we're just us losers. Uh, you know how to search Facebook. You can find us. We're also on Twitter at Justice Losers Pod and on Instagram under that same handle at Justice Losers Pod. Uh, You've got to be shitting me! Did it stop recording? I'm not recording! What? I forgot to hit the record button on mine! Ah! We'll see how it sounds. Okay. They can fucking deal with it. Yep. They've had worse. <laughs> Shit! Good thing I talk loud. Yep. Uh, you can also reach us at justicelosers.pod at gmail.com if you want to send an extended theory about how Jordan Peele is actually king of the lizard people and he's manipulating all of our emotions through comedy and horror. <laughs> go to what? I feel like you go to the lizard people all the time. Have I gone to the lizard people before? I, like I don't remember going to the lizard people before. Jordan Peele, he's one of them. Send your evidence to our Gmail. Uh, let's see. So yeah, next next week we're talking about the best movies of 2010. Uh, so I've been watching some movies for this and Preston is going to watch some movies for this. He's Maybe. not actually going to watch anything for this. He's just going to listen to me talk about how good King's Speech was. Yep. Which I haven't seen since I'm like 13 and I don't know if I'll rewatch. Um, yeah. So if you got, if you got movies from 2010 that you want us to check out and talk about next week, please hit us up at one or all of those mediums. Uh, also we'll be probably going to review us this week and then shazam also so keep an eye out for both of those reviews coming coming soon to ears near you okay i think i've said all the things i'm supposed to say bye